Choice and Control is a podcast celebrating meaningful inclusion of people with disability in our communities. Brought to you by Carers Queensland, your NDIS local area coordination partner in the community. Each episode provides a conversation space for people with disability, their families and carers to share their stories with you. We also hear from members of the wider community, local businesses and community leaders who share information, ideas and possibilities to give you more opportunity and more choice and control in your life. Every year we get to shine a light on mental health for Queensland Mental Health Week, a time to raise awareness, find belonging and stay connected. In this episode, we hear from two NDIS participants who have kindly shared their experience of living with mental health and how the NDIS has changed their lives for the better. At 54 years of age, Michelle works part-time in childcare, participates in her local community and is researching the experience of women with mental health throughout history with plans to write a book one day. We started by asking Michelle about her lived experience of mental health and the process of reaching out to Carers Queensland for NDIS support. Looking back, depression and anxiety, I mean, I've had PTSD probably since I was a young child. Um, And I've had some things, you know, how you, you go and you have a really bad time and you might get some help from the doctor or you might even go to a therapist and then you go, okay, I'm feeling better. I should be able to manage now. And each time I had a dip, it got worse and worse and worse until we had a couple of deaths in the family and um, and even yeah, the, the loop down gets worse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and finally, I had to get some long-term psychological helps, found a really good psychologist with that. But it was still, it was going to be a long journey. And then we had some more um, issues, more stuff happening. Um, Lost a lot of my support system just through family and other people moving out of the area as they got older. Um, And my brother, my only sibling, was diagnosed with cancer and we started that whole thing. Um, So I'm taking care of his kids to help his wife and so, um, yeah, wasn't helping myself and I was going further downhill and ended up losing a job because I was so, I just couldn't think straight because it messes with your head. So we, yeah, I wasn't doing well. And one of the fantastic people at the Neighbourhood Centre said, you know what, we ought to contact Harris Queensland and talk about NDIS. And I went, that's not for me. I'm Okay. I'm not in a wheelchair, I'm not this, and I'd had um, reconstructive surgery on a foot, which limited my, I already had limited mobility from various injuries over the years. Um, Had one of those things corrected with my foot reconstruction, because I had a frog flipper, not a foot. (laughs) Well, that was fun. Um, It's a lot better now. And so limited mobility on top of that, is not going to help you with recovery from any of those things and trying to take care of 300,000 people, (laughs) you know, yeah. Everything. You just had the perfect storm, didn't you? It did. And I think that's the thing. It wasn't 
and one, I wasn't thinking that my initial problems, my original problems were bad enough. You don't. You think, I'm okay. There's people worse off than me. And all the rest of it was just adding to that original problem um, because it impeded recovery. So I was in a huge downward spiral. I just didn't realise it at the time because you don't. You don't think properly when you're depressed. Cue the bad silent film music. <laughs> I can laugh about it now. Um, but it is, it is, it is this. It's a terrible spiral and it stops you thinking properly about yourself, your situation, you catastrophize, you get worse and worse and worse all the time. Um, and my psychologist was trying to keep me afloat, <laughs> but I needed extra help and I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, and especially I was getting bits and pieces of work um, most and especially as a 50-year-old menopausal woman with mental health issues, I was getting, um, yeah, lower and lower in income work um, on a casual basis. Because our world has changed and there's not that support systems, you don't have the extended family, you don't have the village, more and more women are left on their own unless we cling to the wrong man or something. Some of us have, you know, some people are lucky enough to have a good man who helped them through all this. Um, but I think we do and we always have. And, I mean, I've, I've done a bit of historical study and a lot of women used to self-medicate and take laudanum and some an opium and all sorts of other things to just shut themselves down. My plan now is to write because I've always wanted to write. And it doesn't matter if I never get published, but I'm doing the research. Um, and also a couple of other really lovely authors I've noted, they do write historical fiction. And they're writing about like the 1830s and there were these actual things like you know, ladies' pink pills. And when you look into a little bit of history, you go, holy crap, we've been self-medicating for a long time. And that's what was done because or women got sent to the madhouse and things like that. Um, so I think it was hidden away, whereas now we've got the independence. We can go, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to stand for it anymore or whatever the line is. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, we don't know what to do. I'm noticing it happening in very young people now. My niece has just turned 16 and she and her friends are all like, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm just like, you do it now, baby. Go for it. Our School to Adult Life Transition Project aims to identify positive pathways for young people with disability as they move from school to adult life. To help us better design our programs for young adults and their families, Carers Queensland is proud to work with our new reference group of young adults from different regional areas who have finished school and are exercising choice and control at home, study, work and in their communities. The Amplifying Young Voices Reference Group will share vital knowledge gained from lived experience to inform ideas for supporting young people who are still at high school to overcome barriers and feel empowered to plan for their adult life. To find out more, get in touch or look for events and opportunities coming up near you, visit our website at carersqueensland.com.au or call our inquiries line on 1300 999 636. Without this, I think if I was just still getting psychological help and medication, I would still be way back in the journey. So now it's just like 
oh, I never want to go back there again. Yet acknowledging that depression is a part of my um, mental makeup, that this is this is my neurochemistry. So I will probably be on medication for the rest of my life. Okay, so a diabetics. So uh, lots of people, you know, and especially as you get older, lots of people are on warfarin and all this other thing, and we don't make any fuss about it. It's come and gone throughout my life. It's always been there. Um, the PTSD was always there because certain things I do not want to go into them in my childhood and young life. Um, but yeah, it was not as bad as some kids get, but it was enough that it was terrifying. And but anyway, yeah. So it was really good to have somebody who was local to the area. They understood how little we have here that you don't have all those people here all the time um we have visiting people we have people my psychologist is in rockhampton um i've been able to maintain work for most of the last two years two different employers gone from one to the other one recommended to, it was one didn't i became redundant with one and they said Hang on, we've got three people we want to recommend you to. The first one who called me back, they said, we'll take you. So two weeks later, I was still employed. <laughs> the other thing is I started being a, and it got me, because I was with NDIS and I was getting all this extra help, I was getting out. I got help to go to things. We've got a lovely thing at the Neighbourhood Centre. They do day-to-day What is their program. And it's just getting people who are housebound started out with mental health issues but it's people who just can't get out very much and you have a nice group of people you know these people we've got one lovely lady she's in a wheelchair she has dementia i've known her since i was a kid went to school with her daughter was like a year ahead of me um and she comes and she's talking about her husband in the present tense he's been gone (laughs) you know we don't care we're not going to correct her because she loves talking about him. Yeah, especially uh, right. And she'll start talking about her childhood, her young, her young womanhood, and it's like she's there again. And she's got the most amazing stories, and we'll just listen away. That's great. Tell us more. Um, we've got some ladies who are going, you know, they're now widowed or, or they've divorced or whatever, and they're older. And they're having some mobility issues. They are having real mobility issues. They're never going to go away. Um, but they can come along and they get out and they have a great chat and they'll bring their knitting, sewing, whatever. And, you know, we, the rest of us might be doing gardening around them. That was a lifeline to me. I don't go as often now because I don't need to and also I'm working. And But I'll go when I can. And I love catching up with them. And they're just the most amazing. It's mostly women. There's a few guys, especially at the gardening part, uh, when we have gardening days. And they're marvellous. Um, There's your little village, right? That's, that's Again, your... that village. I found my village. Um, all these things, it's this perfect storm the other way because NDIS helped me to get to these things. They helped me to get to appointments with my doctor to make calls. I have never been this far because I've always said, okay, I'm healthy, I have to leave this now because somebody else will need it. I should be able to do this. Acknowledging that cycle has been a big part of it. Um, 
that it's okay to ask for help when you have a mental health issue. It is as serious as having my foot reconstruction. Um, it is as serious as my friends who have permanent mobility issues. It is as serious as my friends who have permanent heart problems and diabetes and all these other things that have come about because they had kids when there wasn't <laughs> the maternity care that there is now. Um, it's not part of life. You are worth it. And the old one I used to say, <laughs> put on your own bloody oxygen mask first. And I can actually do more now than I could when I was struggling through. If you want to really be of help to your family and you want to really be there for the people you love long term, no, don't put up with this. It not only stops you helping others, it stops you helping yourself and it stops your joy. I enjoy life now. I could not say that for probably the 20 years before. Wow. I muddled through. Imagine having not only taking care of people but having joy in what you do um, and being able to do it without the levels of pain, without the levels of depression I used to put up with and think this is just it and this is gonna, it's going to be a downhill slide from here. No, it isn't. I'm getting back to doing things. I may not do them at the level I did once upon a time, when I was 20, but I'm now getting back into things that I used to do. Um, the plan is to go horse riding. Yeah, to be fit enough to ride a horse again because I have lots of friends with horses and there are lots of places you can go, well, I can take a holiday and go on a horse ride. I can take so a long weekend horse ride. What, what feeling is it that you have now that you haven't had for 20 years? Is... Being able to look at myself and go, you know what, I deserve better and not be angry about it but go, and I can do something about that. <laughs> and therefore I'm better able to support my niece now that she's heading to young womanhood. Imagine who you could be if this wasn't your day-to-day -day life. Go call Carers Queensland, that's all I could say. LAC Connect. It's a new way to stay in touch with your local area coordinator. Carers Queensland, with everything you need right here on your device. It's a handy app to keep track of your LAC appointments, browse workshops and events, check out information and support and get the latest news, stories and podcasts. It's available on Android and iOS, so whatever device you have, you can stay in touch. Head to our website to sign up at carersqld.com.au and look for LAC Connect. Well, at 64 years of age, Gold Coast resident David is kicking goals, literally. After experiencing a traumatic upbringing and early adult life, David has found hope and strength through exercise and a strong sense of self-belief and willpower. I started by asking David about the positive influence of exercise in managing his mental health. When we look at exercise, there's so many positive benefits in relation to that. Bearing in mind, as I said, that I was classified as being permanently incapacitated. 
when I was told that I could have accepted the decision by so-called experts, that that's the way it's always going to be. Yet somehow I found the willpower, I found the inner strength of myself to say, no, I've got determination and willpower here. I can actually, can do exercise. I'm not going to be, accept the garbage that I'm permanently incapacitated for life. So I took on challenges, and from being regarded as being permanently incapacitated, I've now completed my uh, 10 Gold Coast full marathons. And in those experiences, I've been able to meet other people, which is, and they've shared their experiences with me, which has been, showed me that life isn't just all about me. About five years ago, six years ago, Someone at the uh, local park run said to me, look, you're doing well at the running. Why don't you take up Australia rules football? And I said, look, I'm 57 years old. Look, I've never played football in my life. And he said, well, just call. See, here you go. And I rang up the coach of the local club, and he said to me, look, come along. And I went there, and what happened was, Instead of the situation with me regarded as a so-called leper and different from everyone else, that here I was with a group of people I'd never met before and the coach looked after me and the other players, I didn't know their backgrounds, they looked after me and I looked after them. So when I did something well, they gave me a clap and after each training session, we gave each other high fives and clapped each other's hands and but I did things wrong and I made mistake after mistake after mistake. They said, Ma, put, put your head up, you were right and they said, you'll be fine and they really put their arms around me and supported me. And that led to the point where I'll never forget my first ever match. I used to like um, playing, I used to like watching games, but I never knew what it was like to actually play. I ran onto the ground, and there I was. I wasn't looking from the outside anymore. There I was actually playing. It seemed like a surreal experience. And somehow, the ball came in my direction, and I leapt, and I took a mark, and then I somehow was able to kick a goal. And I just stood there, completely stunned by the whole experience. And the other players went around me, and they, it's a tradition sort of thing, that they squirt water in the face of the person who kicks their first ever goal. And there they were doing that. It was just such a, so, so special. I thought it's something, again, a really proud achievement. And at times over the last few years, knowing they've been, knowing they're my true family, it's meant a huge amount to me. And even to the point where this year, in February it was, where I was such such a bad way in an emotional sense and really, really struggling with life. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. So there I was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon one time, and I somehow found the energy, the determination, the willpower in myself, which... I believe everyone has who's listening to this has. And I was able to go to the training 
and that there I was and I was regarded as an equal by them and it meant such a huge amount to me to be with them so I was able to go very quickly from a period of no hopelessness and helplessness to being as an equal with these other people. I think it's important, as I said before, about not to feel self-pity, but to look at, and to not look at what we can't do, but look at what we can do. It's such an important, such a vital message I'm trying to put across to you and anyone else who's listening. Look what we can do. Mm. So sure, I can't, I can't ride a, I'm not, I can't drive a car, but I can walk. Mm. I'm not, I can't, I'm not good around the house like I'm a tradesman. I don't know how to use an electric drawer or anything like that. But I can am creative. I've got in my lounge room, I was able to create an, a message, do some drawing, and I've got a message there which says, imagine hope, love, and respect. So for everyone, if you were to come into my place one time there, that's what you would see. Carers Queensland is growing inclusion, awareness and opportunities for people with disability. And we're better to grow things than a garden. We're working with community gardens to improve accessibility and make sure people of all abilities can get their hands dirty. We're starting conversations about what the community wants and needs and how we can work together to give everyone a place to put down roots and bloom. Find out more, get in touch, or look for events and opportunities coming up near you. Visit our website at carersqld.com.au or call our inquiries line on 1300 999 636. In terms of the impact of exercise on my mental health, what it does, I can be having a really bad day, like I have so often, like I've had so often, and when I do the exercise, such as running or playing football, it makes, I think the expression is uh, dopamine, uh, the term for it. It's a, really, it's a feel-good feeling. It's a really good feeling. So I could be having a really bad day, and by doing the exercise, I feel better about my life. It gives me a, feel, a really good feeling about myself and about life. So it has that impact of exercising with other people. I wish to stress there's a difference between exercising by yourself, which has its benefits in a way, but outdoor exercise, so with other people, meeting other people, like you can be going on a 5K run or something like that, or even a 3K walk, and you see other people. Some might be walking their dogs. People of all ages, you might see a 90-year-old, you might see a 5-year-old. People like that. So it has that feel, that impact of feeling good about life. It also helps in terms of sleep, being able to sleep after exercise, after exercising in the morning. It's exercise, generally, it's regarded as being more beneficial in the first thing in the morning. It's a great way to start the day. You might have a various tasks to do during the day. And then by having starting off the day with by doing exercise, think, okay, wow, I can do anything today. So that's one of the benefits. It's a sense also what might what can be happen in another way is someone might have a lot of anger built up inside them for whatever reason. It could be really angry, I don't know, at the life or at politicians or at a partner or anything like that. And a real lot of frustration and anger really 
building up inside you. I think, now how can I release this? So actually using exercise that way, you can release the anger in a healthy way. That's important to keep your brain active and also your, your body active. So that's the impact that's had on me. So it's a matter of, like, the moment you stop, you're actually going backwards. So without the exercise, without doing that, um, running those marathons and without playing in my football team, and I'm going, I did also play futsal for a while, indoor soccer, and that's something I'm really looking forward to doing again um, soon. By doing its impact on me, has been regarded as equals when I'm with a team, a sense of freedom and a release of frustration when I'm doing it by myself. That's important elements. And I stress to people that when it comes to exercise, sure, you might think, oh, look, I'm not really into running. I'm more into swimming. Or Pilates is regarded as um, becoming more and more common these days. There's a few um, places in on the Gold Coast that are doing it more and more now. Or yoga or things like that. Great. That's a, and you're doing that with other people. That's fantastic. So you find your what, what interests you. And you, and you can do that think, okay, meeting other people, and then you can take up other activities, something you might not even tried before. So that's an important part of being in contact with other people, of being made such a positive impact on myself and on other, um, and that social connection with meeting other people. And I, I can't emphasize enough it's outdoor exercise rather than being at a gym. You may as well and doing exercise at home they didn't it's it's best to be outdoors and do things with other people that's that's more 99 percent more beneficial than doing it at a gym or by or by yourself and for me like i said earlier about describing who you are about areas you could be involved in the community i'll just give another i'll give another example for um with the Corumban Wildlife Hospital down here on the Gold Coast. And uh, what I do, it's something where every every year I do um, volunteering gift wrapping at a shopping centre with the proceeds going to the Corumban Wildlife Hospital. And what it's some, by doing that, I'm out there in the community every Christmas and have Mother's Day as well. It's a sense of... Spreading, um, being with other people, other volunteers there, and some some professionals as well, and I'm actually con- contributing something like oh, the Christmas one is an important one. For example, so when my first year I did it, I did I felt oh I don't know if I've got the confidence to do this to do the, to do the gift wrapping, and I made mistakes and they looked after me. The people, other people who were doing gift wrapping, and rather than feeling sorry for myself for thinking okay. This is Christmas. My family abandoned me. I've got anyone to to look after, or no one's look after me. But actually, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Instead, I think, okay, I'd wrap up these presents, put a smile on my face while I'm doing it, and I actually, over time, I've learned to be uh, quite good at it. I'll say very good, <laughs> even if I, even if I do say so myself. Doing the gift wrapping with so many people going to the shopping centre and doing these the gift um, gift wrapping. So it means that on the actual Christmas Day each year for the last few years, rather than being at home and feeling sorry for myself, thinking, oh, 
poor me. I've got, you know, about I've missed out on no, no family to look after and all that and what's happened to me in the past. Instead, it's a beautiful feeling, a special feeling knowing that on that day, on Christmas Day, so many people are unwrapping presents that I'd wrapped. Mm. That's a positive thing. And with the Crumbin Wildlife Hospital, I can't, and the Crumbin Wildlife Sanctuary itself, there are so many beautiful people who work there, and there are the animals and everything. It's my, my favourite animal, by the way, is a wombat, and they're just, they're just so beautiful, and there's kangaroos there and all of that. It's just so really special to be involved like that. And the people who are, you're saying, are listening to this, there's some ways they can contribute in organisations such as that or being out involved with, with wildlife or things like that and actually being a, a being out of yourself and actually being in that. Someone who might have be interested in, uh, has a good listener or something, that can be there for, pe- um, for people who just like to talk. They can, they can be, you're know, like, like some, maybe someone's very artistic and there's so many areas where you can be involved in um, organisations where you can, always looking for volunteers. There's a, there's a beautiful expression I thought of the other day is when, when you're actually, by doing volunteering, when you're giving to other people, the feel-good factor is just, Incredible. It's like well, the expression I use is when you do volunteering, when you're giving to other people, you're giving someone a glass, proverbially, a glass of water, receiving a glass of champagne in return. Thanks for listening to Choice and Control, a Carers Queensland podcast. And if this episode has raised any concerns for yourself or someone you know, Please call Lifeline on 13114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 4636. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to leave a rating and review and share it with your community. For more information about the National Disability Insurance Scheme or Carers Queensland, contact us online at www.carersqueensland.com or call us on 1300 999 or head to Facebook and look for Carers Queensland NDIS.